0: Welcome back, everyone, to another edition of the BadgerBlitz.com podcast. My name is John Veldhuis, senior writer for BadgerBlitz.com, joined once again by John McNamara, the publisher of BadgerBlitz.com, and we want to kind of dive right into it this week. Uh, obviously, the uh, the Badgers are coming off a uh, an unexpected loss to uh, the BYU Cougars. The Cougars upset uh, the Badgers at Camp Randall Stadium last week, uh, Badgers... Uh, Really, there is. I, I felt like there was kind of a lot of things that went wrong for them on both sides of the ball. Um, you know, I think if you're kind of grading the offense and the defense uh, overall, I think you could. You know, it would be fair to uh, put uh, maybe a little bit more of the blame on uh, on the defense, but certainly the offense uh, had chances to respond. And uh, you know, they uh, they were taking on a pretty pretty tough BYU defense, and there were some plays that they uh, needed to make but didn't. Uh, so, uh, John, I guess I'm I'm curious as to how you're feeling about this team, you know, after the loss to the loss to the Cougars? Um, how much how much does this change, you know, the Wisconsin season overall? I mean, like, does it does this change how you look at the team right now, or you know, how I, I guess uh, how, how much did the BYU change the BYU game change things for you?
1: Well, I you know I I said at the start of the year that I thought you know, Wisconsin could get into the college football playoffs with one loss. Now, I, I don't think anyone expected it to come in the non-conference season. Um, so, you know, I guess it does, it, it kind of changes the outlook, um, you know, from a fan's perspective. And a lot of the people that, you know, follow the the team as a fan pretty closely, I think they uh, are, you know, obviously pretty disappointed by it, you know, in a season where, uh, I think uh, you know a lot of people thought that Wisconsin a le- le- legitimate shot of making it to uh, to the college football playoffs. Um, so you know that certainly hurts their chances. But at the same time, um, you know you're you're heading into the Big Ten season. Um, you know with Iowa coming up, I, I think um, you know it's it's a big obviously it's a big game for them. But I think that you'll know more about this team, you know you know by Sunday morning because. You know, I think you'll find out if the BYU game was was a fluke and, you know, just something that, you know, they were able to put them, you know, behind them and, you know, they proved that, you know, they're still, you know, potentially a top 10 team in the nation or is this, you know, or they lose at Iowa and, you know, you would expect this is kind of the team that they are, you know, a team that's going to stumble a few times this year. So, you know, BYU is definitely a wake-up call and I think the true litmus test will come, at Iowa, because that's that's certainly going to be a tough environment to play in, and you know probably a game that goes pretty far in deciding who comes out of the West.
0: Yeah, I think uh, right. it's. I, I wrote about this uh, for one of the articles that we put up the first and ten earlier this week. Is that just in general in, in college football? I feel like you know people talk about must win games, and if you talk to any of the players, uh, you know there. I, I don't think that that's something that you know really. Um, makes it makes as much sense to them as it does to, you know, the fans that are watching the, watching the program, just because, you know, the Badgers, you know, when they're looking at every game, like every game is a must win game to them. Like, like, they don't go out, you know, you know, they didn't go out to this BYU game and be like, you know what, I, I don't think we really need this one. Uh, so we can kind of, you know, uh, stumble a little bit. Uh, you don't have to, you know, make, uh, make a hundred percent of the effort every time. I mean, it's just not how uh, the the mindset works for, um, college football players in general. And I I think certainly for the, the, you know, UW football team right now. Um, and so I, I I think the BYU game did though, you know, kind of change a little bit of, uh, you know, what kind of ceiling I think that this team has. Um, I, I think the, the, the loss to BYU really kind of showed that some of the preseason concerns that I think people had about this team were, were actual concerns and things that they still need to uh, to kind of fine tune and to to work on if they're going to you know finish the season strong and you know play well in the in the in the Big Ten conference season specifically. I think the um, the the Lack of a pass rush uh, was something that kind of stood out to me. Like, and I know that they lost uh, Andrew Van Ginkle kind of toward the end of the, the first quarter, and that was uh, that was a big loss. I think he's one of their better defensive players, and you know the the depth behind him at outside linebacker is you know, there's some talented guys there. Like Zach Bond, I think has actually played pretty well so far the season but I, I don't know who else is out there that has kind of that knack for making the big play like Van Ginkle does in, in that linebacker group uh, specifically their pass rushers um, and then I think the uh, the defensive line uh, had a tough game that was a that was a position group that I think a lot of people were rightly a little concerned about just because of the you know the injuries to um, Isaiah Loudermilk which held him out for for a little while obviously he's back now and I think he's um, uh, according to Pro Football Focus, anyway, uh, he is, uh, he's graded out, I think, the best of Wisconsin's defensive line. But the, the, other, the depth behind him, um, it, whether it's uh, Caden Lyles or Matt Henningson or you know, some of the other guys uh, that are, are getting those snaps right now, um, I think they've they struggled against the Cougars, and they, they, I think in particular they kind of struggled against the run. And that was something that I think the Badgers, um, you, you just didn't really have to worry about whether or not the Badgers were going to be able to shut down the run when, you know, they had their, that veteran defensive line that graduated out of the program last year. It's just not something that uh, I think the Badgers have had to think about. Um, and obviously this game against Iowa is going to be a big test of that. And so I, it, the loss to BOU, at least in how I'm looking at it, just kind of confirmed that there are still things that the Badgers need to, to work on, you know, areas that they still need to, um, see some improvement out of if they are going to play well in, non- in the non-conference season and you know remain in the mix. You know, not only for a, a you know conference title, which is obviously one of their goals, but obviously you know they need to play well this week just because uh, I, I think Iowa is probably their closest competition in the division, and it's really hard to uh, you know hope that. You know a, a team in the big Ten is going to drop two games just because the you know winning that uh, that head to head is uh, counts as a tiebreaker in the divisional standings anyway.
1: Yeah, you know I would agree with a lot of of what you said in terms of you know some of the the concerns that you may have had this summer and going into fall camp were were kind of realized or or proven to be true. But um you know there were other position groups too, that you felt really good about in the offensive line, uh, you know comes to mind. Where you know they were just outperformed. Um, you know, you, you know the, the Wisconsin went into the season, and uh, you know a lot of national pundits called them, you know, the top offensive line in the country, and you know for good reason too, because they, were, you know, the guys that, that they had returning, the guys that elected to come back who could have went to the NFL, but um, you know they they just got outworked and, and outperformed against BYU, probably with the exception of Ty who who grades out right now as the top center in college football. Um, You know, so that position group and you look at the middle linebackers with Ryan Conley and uh, TJ Edwards, I would say, you know, I can't go back and talk about every game that those guys have played. But, you know, probably their worst game at Wisconsin uh, just in terms of the the production that was was given up. Um, You know, BYU rushed for I think it was 191 yards on, you know, like 28 carries or something like that. Um, So I think a lot of that falls on those middle linebackers. Uh, who just looked out of place at times, you know, some of the film breakdown that or watching the game again, you know, the, Conley and, and Edwards on a handful of plays are just out of position. So I think, you know, partly some of that relies on, and uh, falls on them. I think some of that p- falls on Jim Leonard as well for, you know, uh, you know, the game plan that he had going in. Um, I, you know, I just think Wisconsin was beaten all three facets of the game. Uh, I, I think the, you know, the scheme that BYU had worked very well. Um, And it's a game that, you know, Wisconsin's happy to put behind them. But, uh, you know, obviously, like you talked about, uh, a big test against Iowa going on the road, playing at night. Um, You know, scheme-wise, I think it's, you know, Iowa is going to be, I guess, quote-unquote, you know, simpler, or or I don't want to call them basic, but, you know, BYU threw some stuff at Wisconsin that they just didn't look prepared for. I think Iowa's going to be a little bit more traditional in terms of, you know, a pro-style offense that, you know, they're used to seeing in Iowa, um, so we'll see how Wisconsin responds.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's uh, that's something to consider too. Is that the, the level of familiarity you know between these two teams is uh, is something that I think the Badgers can kind of fall back on a little bit. And be, and you know, honestly, I'd be surprised if some of these upcoming teams uh, in, in the Big Ten schedule don't kind of incorporate some of those uh, you know motions and the shifts and trades that were kind of I think uh, responsible for getting the Badgers kind of out of place. And you know, even um, getting some of those older players like Connolly and and TJ Edwards, like you mentioned to kind of have their eyes, uh, you know, looking in the wrong, looking in the wrong place, you know, they're peeking into the backfield and, you know, out of position to, uh, to make a tackle that would turn, you know, plays like Squally Canada's, you know, handful of 40, you know, 44 yard runs into like a, you know, a 10 yard run or like an eight yard run or something like that. I mean, Jim Leonard said this week that, uh, you know, there are some plays where, you know, they, we're just kind of in the in the wrong defense, you know, for uh, stopping a particular play call. But a lot of times they were in the right, you know, scheme or they had the right play call, and you know the the um, the play just didn't get made. Like it was it was in front of them, but you know a missed tackle or a blown coverage or, or something like that. It just uh, things just didn't break their way. And so I'm curious to see how they how they respond, particularly since you know the the atmosphere uh, this weekend is I think going to be a, a, a very tough. Um, you know, obviously, it's uh, Kinnick Stadium is a tough stadium to play. You know, some of the players said at, at uh, eleven o'clock in the morning, let alone at, at seven thirty. Now, I, I don't, I don't think the Badgers have have played a night game there before. But obviously, um, you know, the, the Hawkeyes really seem to, uh, you know, have what it takes to kind of amp things up a little bit for these primetime games. And so, I'm very curious to see, you know, if they if they do kind of, you know, just kind of keep their their base offense and you know, kind of do the traditional pro style or do they do they throw in a wrinkle or two just to see if they can you'll get a big hitter off of uh, you know a, a play that's designed to you know maybe kind of exploit some of those weaknesses that the Badgers showed this last weekend
1: yeah yeah I think you bring up a good point there in that you know the teams at Wisconsin plays moving forward are, are certainly going to look at that BYU tape and Um, You know, some of the stuff that B.Y. presented there, I would imagine that at at least they look at or try to incorporate somewhat. So, um, you know, on on the flip side of that, I think, you know, does Wisconsin try to get a little bit more creative on offense? I feel like, you know, just watching that game, I, I feel like as, you know, Paul Chris was calling those plays... Uh, you know again i just this is my assumption but he, i feel like he was probably just thinking that eventually jonathan taylor is is going to break off one of these runs because yeah you know, that's that's usually what happens uh you know i guess over the last two years or so um and, and that just didn't happen uh he, he didn't spring that big run that that kind of shifted any momentum uh you know he was kept out of the end zone so um you know does paul christ open up the playbook just a little bit more and you know to try to get more guys involved or or does he stick to, you know, what he what he believes in and what he, what he knows works, and, you know, pounding Jonathan Taylor until he does spring one of those big runs or those, you know, big chunk plays that uh, that he's certainly known for. So um, it'll be interesting to see what the Hawkeyes do, if, if they try to mimic anything that BYU did. And at the same time, if, if Wisconsin, which looked pretty vanilla on offense uh, against BYU, uh, you know, tries to open it up a little bit more as well.
0: Yeah, that's something that I'm kind of looking to see if the Badgers can kind of incorporate that into their offense a little bit more because if you look at some of the you know, advanced stats uh, that uh, websites like Football Outsiders uh, keep, and uh, uh, some other guys uh, like uh, Bill Connolly, who's at SB Nation, does a great job with his uh, S&P Plus uh, advanced metric. But so the Badgers grade out really well from an efficiency standpoint on offense. They're they're very good at um, you know staying ahead of the chains. They'll make you know regular gains that kind of keep downs in you know second and manageable, third and manageable, that kind of thing. But it, so far the season, at least, Wisconsin's offense. Has not um, done a great job of breaking off big chunk plays in, uh, in, in in game situations that you would say are not garbage time. So when the score is you know still in doubt, the final store, score is still up in the air. And so I, part of the problem is that you know being an efficient offense is is great. Like you want to be able to you know pick up regular yardage and, and do all that. But college football is it, it's not a game of perfect. And so you know eventually you're going to get into a third down that you can't convert. Uh, and it's it's really hard to ask your offense to, you know, every drive have like a twelve to fifteen play drive where you're just kind of you know slowly maneuvering your right way down there. It really helps your offense a lot if you can break off, you know, a thirty yard play or like a forty yard play or something like that. Just because it shortens the field and you know it, it honestly just you know gives your offense fewer chances to to stumble a little bit and to to not you know, uh, drop a pass or to miss, you know, run run a route that's short of the third yard, you know, short of the sticks on third down or something like that. And so I'm, I'm curious to see what, if anything, the Badgers can do to make some of those bigger plays happen more frequently. And I, and in talking to some guys this week, the, the main theme seems to be that, you know, they, they, it seems like to them on a lot of plays, they're having, you know, uh, you know, nine or 10 guys out of the 11 are, you know, doing everything right. But then on, you know, each, you know, maybe not every play, but a lot of plays, you know, there's, there's just something, you know, off and it's, it's, it's not the same guy every time it's, it's something different. And so the, the, the optimism I think the Badgers have is that they feel like they can clean these things up and get to a point where, you know, all 11 of those guys that are out there on offense, whatever combination it is, but they feel like they can get to a point where all 11 of those guys are kind of, you know, clicking and firing, And that's when those big plays are going to, you know, um, come is when you can get everybody on the same page and, you know, doing their job on every play. But I'm curious to see when that happens or if that happens. I mean, you would expect that with the the experienced guys that are coming back onto this offense for this year, you would expect that to to come sooner or later. And against, you know, what looks like a pretty darn tough Iowa defense, I mean, I feel like they're going to have to make some of these big plays. And then when they make them, they need to make the most of them, too.
1: Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. Um, you know, on the other side of the ball, um, you know, I think it's interesting to look at, at what Iowa has there with, you know, Nate Stanley, a kid from Menominee, and, and Torrin Young, a kid from Madison, uh, leading that attack there. Uh, you know, looking at Stanley, his numbers are kind of eerily similar to Hornibrook's right now. Uh, he's completed thirty. Uh, I'm sorry, sixty three percent of his passes and uh, five hundred eighty three yards and three touchdowns with two interceptions and. Brook is, is very similar. And then Torrin Young, like I said, you know, uh, went to Monona Grove, uh, didn't have an offer from Wisconsin, but uh, he leads them in rushing with 234 yards on 43 yeah. carries. So, again, I, you know, I, I, it's, it's interesting. Uh, you know, obviously the, the, the dynamic there with Stanley being an in-state kid that Wisconsin wanted. Um, you know, he's, he's a guy I, you know, I, I'm pretty high on. I think that he can throw the ball around pretty well um in Wisconsin's kind of young secondary i wonder if they try to open it up a bit you know playing under the lights having that juice under them i wonder if if Nate Stanley has a big game against Wisconsin's young secondary
0: yeah, and he might uh, have a little chip on his shoulder from just based on uh, he had a, a pretty poor performance in Iowa's game against the Badgers last year. I think he, uh, you know, I think he only completed eight passes out of. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't remember yeah. the number off the top of my head, but uh, he did not play very well. And Wisconsin's, I think their defense held them to, you know, not if if not, uh, it wasn't all, but like, I feel like the vast majority of their offensive possessions were just three and outs, and so I, I think. You know, from a an intangibles or a motivation standpoint, I think Stanley in particular is going to want to kind of show. You know, Paul Christen. Not that, not that Paul Christ was, was the reason that uh, he did not uh, did not go to Wisconsin, but uh, the you know the Wisconsin. And you're you're coming from you know uh, coming from Wisconsin. You're going to want to you know show up and play well against the team that uh, you know dominates the the state where you grew up.
1: Right. Like you talked to, I mean, people are familiar with this recruitment, but uh, like you said, you know, Gary Anderson didn't recruit uh, Nate Stanley very heavily. And, uh, you know, when that coaching change went down, Stanley had been committed to Iowa for some time and, you know, Paul Chris did what he could, but, you know, Stanley was, uh, you know, a man of his word um, and he stuck with his commitment to Iowa. And, uh, you know, he's he's had success there, but maybe not, you know, as much success as, as some would have predicted, um, I, you know, I still think he's a he's a really talented quarterback, and his best football is ahead of him. Uh, I think Wisconsin just hopes it's not going to be on Saturday night, right? So I guess
0: we should probably uh, go on the record with uh, a prediction here, um, John. What what are you thinking? I know some in talking with some guys uh, that uh, cover the team for other sites. Uh, I think the the level of optimism I think shifted rather quickly, um, you know, after the after the BYU game. Uh, but I'm curious to see what you think uh, happens on Saturday night.
1: You know, I, I, I think it's a tough environment. Um, you know, Iowa plays very well, uh, you know, obviously, at, at night at, at their home stadium. But, you know, they, these guys aren't world beaters. You know, that's not, you know, a very prolific offense that is going up against. But at the same time, I think you could have said the same thing about BYU. Um, you know, I, I think Wisconsin does bounce back. Um, I, I think they ended up uh, cleaning a few things up from, from last week. I, I think they're able to limit, you know, Iowa offensively unless Stanley goes off. I, you know, I, I don't think Torn Young is going to be a guy who kills them. I, I think Wisconsin wins this game 17 to 14 um, in a, kind of those, you know, classic Iowa-Wisconsin battles. But I, I think Wisconsin does bounce back, and I think they're able to win on the road here.
0: Yeah, I think that's a, I think that's a solid prediction. Um I'm looking up right now to see what the over-under is for this game because just one of the uh, – as a general rule, I would always tell anybody that's betting on a Wisconsin-Iowa game to always take the under um, because it mm-hmm. always seems like that – that, uh, <laughs> that is ne- these games are never quite as high-scoring as you uh, would imagine. Um, I, I think the uh, – I think the Badgers will win um, – I, I think – I I keep going back and forth between like somewhere between just a field goal and a touchdown. Um, I think, I think they certainly can rebound. Um, but the 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 night game, you know, if there, if this were like an eleven o'clock or you know maybe even a two thirty, I would feel a little bit more confident about it. But just, I think maybe I'm just having flashbacks to, you know, being uh, with having my jaw on the floor when I when I just you know creamed Ohio State at their in their night game uh, at Kinnick last year. Uh, but obviously that's a different team. Um, yeah, so I, I think I'll go I'll, I'll go a little bit more confident and say that I think the Badgers will win. Uh, Twenty-one to fourteen, um, but I, there's I think there's a really wide range of uh, outcomes for this game, and so there's there's a lot of different outcomes that wouldn't surprise me. It's it's kind of like just this Wisconsin season overall. I think there's a lot of way a lot of ways that this could go from here on out, um, and so uh, I'm not going to be very certain about any of this for <laughs> for a little while. I don't think
1: right. And I I think the, you know for me, and I you know I don't know if the players agree with me or not, but I, I think this is the perfect game to have after you know a loss like like BYU where you know it's not like you get Purdue coming to Camp Randall you know this Saturday or like an Indiana coming to Camp Randall or something like that where you know you feel like you could still play you know a game with a lot of mistakes and probably come out with the win you know this is a huge test for a team that you know came into the season with you know unbelievably high expectations so um, you know they're going to get a chance to redeem themselves as quickly as possible with, uh, you know, one of the, one of the biggest games on their schedule this year. So, uh, like I said before earlier in the podcast, I, I think this will be a great litmus test, uh, and I think on Sunday we'll be able to say, you know, either this is a Wisconsin team that's that that's going to struggle uh, a little bit this year, and you know, and that's kind of relative too. You know, a team scr- struggling that you know expected to maybe you know, finish with one loss or two losses in the year? Or do they bounce back and get back on track and, you know, have people thinking that, you know, they could still do a whole lot of damage this year. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, what happens when the dust settles on, on you know, late Saturday night. Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, John, do you have any uh,
0: recruiting tidbits that we should go over before we wrap things up? I know the Badgers uh, – uh, we're on the uh, the the losing end of a recruiting battle this week. Uh, why, don't, why don't you touch on that and uh, let our listeners know where the Badgers might be going from there?
1: Yeah. So Wisconsin uh, Wednesday night lost out on Isaiah Gibson, uh, a longtime target who ended up picking was, uh, Kentucky over Wisconsin and Purdue. That was his final final three. Um, it'll be interesting to see where Wisconsin goes from here. I think you know if you're looking at defensive line, we talked about defensive line. You know, I, uh, the guys that they have on the current roster, um, I, I think they add, need to add two more guys in a class that already includes Cannon Benton and, uh, and Gio Payas. Uh, you know, Rodas Johnson is a guy that's still out there, a four-star defensive tackle from from Ohio. And uh, maybe the next guy in line now is, is Torin Carter. Um, he's a defensive end from uh, Texas. He had, a you know, a, I guess a loose top five before, uh, Wisconsin offered, you know, in the last couple weeks or so, and I talked to him briefly and he said Wisconsin would be, you know, in the mix of schools that he was still considering. So it'll be interesting to see if if they can get him on campus for an official visit sometime this fall. And then moving forward, you know, the guy to watch uh, probably in the immediate future is Josiah Miaman, who uh, Wisconsin had on campus as their uh, lone official visitor this past weekend. Um, the thought is that he'll pick between Wisconsin and Iowa sometime I guess in the next handful of weeks or so, um, he hasn't set a decision date or anything like that. Uh, what I've been hearing so far is that, uh, you know, the, he people expect him to pick Iowa. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see what happens coming off an official visit to Wisconsin. So, um, you know, they certainly need another tight end in this class to pair with Hayden Rucci and uh, Josiah Miemann is the guy that they're targeting right now. If they miss on him, it'll be interesting to see where they go moving forward.
0: All right. Well, I think that'll uh, do it for us here on this week's edition of the BadgerBlitz.com podcast. Don't forget that you can uh, always subscribe to the show. Make sure it uh, shows up right in your uh, right on your phone or your computer, wherever you use to listen to these shows. Um, uh, so make sure you do that. Uh, you can always leave us a review on iTunes. That would be awesome, too. Uh, so for John McNamara, this is John Veldheis. Thanks again for listening to the BadgerBlitz.com podcast. We'll talk to you next week.